Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Comic Book Nation and this special bonus episode where we are here to do one thing and one thing only and that is to talk about Invincible Season 2, Episode 1. We are back. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. And with me today is my Comic Book Nation co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What's up, everybody? We have Mr. Connor Casey here with me in CB Studios. What's going on? And joining us yet again for as many times this week, this fall, is Mr. Logan Moore from the Comic Book Gaming Team. It has been over two and a half years. About time Invincible is back. Well, thank you for coming back. Uh, this time, it's um, ironically not for gaming. We have Logan is also a big fan of the show we are here to discuss today, which is Amazon Prime Videos Invincible, which has just returned for season two. And uh, the season two premiere is streaming right now. If you're listening to this, I don't know why you're listening before you watch the show. You should definitely watch the show first. But that's our plug. If you are just getting into Comic Book Nation to listen to our Invincible Breakdown, be sure you subscribe to our podcast and video platforms because we are the only show doing this much for geek culture. And in our regular show today, we covered no less than the MCU Crisis Report, Loki Episode 5, Gen V Finale, and did some more talk about Invincible as well. So there's a lot to do on these feeds, so make sure you subscribe. All right, now that that's out of the way, Logan Moore, why don't you kick us off? Because you got to do the larger Invincible Season 2 review. Uh, you, me, and Matt all got the first four episodes, which is the first batch they are dropping before a hiatus. And you did the uh, review for comic books. So uh, what did you have to say? Yeah, I mean, I think the show's phenomenal. Like, they have not skipped a beat. It's only gotten better. Um, I know we're just talking about episode one here today. Um, but this first batch of four episodes here in season two has some of my favorite episodes that have been in the entirety of the show overall so far. And I'm really looking forward to people um, watching some of those episodes here in the coming weeks. But they really, I think, come out of the gate here strong with this first episode, the kind of cold open they have here, which I'm sure we'll talk about is great. I love what they're doing and kind of throwing fans for a loop who might not have read the comics. Um I, I think I think the show overall is still fantastic, and and I'll say this too: like as a longtime like Invincible reader or whatever, like I read the comics ten years ago when they were still uh, when they were still releasing. Like everything they have done with this show still has just reminded me of why I am so passionate about this comic book series and this 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 story overall. Um, it, it's just er, everything they're, they're doing here is, is, is great. It makes me so happy again. Like I said, kind of at the top that this is th that we're back. The invincible is finally back and hopefully we don't have too many other lulls here other than this, you know, hiatus between part one and part two they're doing this season. All right. Now that we got Logan's overall impressions, let's do the fun thing. Let's jump into this episode and really get in so we're gonna be talking full spoilers for invincible season two episode one from here on out um 
Yeah, talk about an opening to a season, right? We had seen, now I have never read the Invincible comics. They, they just weren't, didn't appeal to me when they came out at the time. So I just take this show and as we discussed and Connor discussed in our regular show, this animated series is a very different kind of recut from the comics. Things are, and Robert Kirkman has said this about how this has given him the chance to kind of spread out, look and do certain revisions through this that he didn't have the chance to do in the comic series. Talk about an opening. In the trailers for this, you know, there were massive questions. We saw Mark Grayson kind of seeming to give this Viltrumite like propaganda out. It looked like Earth was in trouble. And everybody was like, what is going on here? Like, could this season culminate and Mark changing? Because that is the major thematic focus of the season. It, how much is a kid who wanted to be just like his dad now fearing he will be like his dad? So this opening sequence really starts and it almost looks like you're back at the finale episode only a little tweaked around the immortals fighting it looks like a cornfield now mark's fighting him and he's saying these things like mark has taken a turn it makes you wonder are we seeing like you know the ending and then we're gonna do a flashback and all this and no it just keeps going mm -hmm. like it just keeps getting wilder like omni-man shows up he's all pally with his dad you're like what the hell is happening here yeah. then you still see destroyed earth and you're like again you're used to like is this the future am i watching like the end inevitable of this. And then we get this epic kind of battle sequence with the surviving resistance pocket of the guardians of the globe. And when Omni-Man and Invincible find them. And of course the whole rug that gets pulled out from under us is that this is an alternate timeline and Angstrom Levy, who Sterling K. K. Brown voices uh, has this portal power and by the end of the episode we learn exactly what's going on which is this is an alternate timeline and he drops out of that and barely survives and is working on this plan to kind of basically do the he who remains thing like mm -hmm. take all the knowledge of his various variants and use it to solve problems cross problems across the multiverse mm -hmm. thought it was an awesome opening and just what a way to just f with the audience's mind and, and really throw everybody for a loop and it was terrifying to see like an evil version of Mark Grayson, who is in some ways even worse than Omni-Man because he does have that sociopathic like human thing, like the thing he does with Adam and Eve and paralyzing her and being like, oh, I want to keep you so I can visit you. And then his father says that like horrible line, like, oh, is that what you were practicing on all those? All those protesters. Yeah, protesters. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, like that slight tweak is... And you know, this is nothing new. The evil variant is obviously not only not new in superheroes, it's totally in vogue right now, but um, I just thought it was a great opening. And what a great way to get Omni-Man in the episode without putting Omni-Man in the episode. So having read the book, I knew that the trailer was a misdirect in that it was going to get people to think, oh my God, has Mark turned evil? And then the first, the first little section there plays out as though we're gonna keep playing with that expectation. And then they cut to, oh, nope, this, this is actually an alternate universe. Um, the funny thing about from the comic is that the whole, like the thing with Angstrom, that's legit terrifying. And the fact that they got Sterling K. Brown for this, that's going to go to some really dark places. And I love that they got him for this because that soft voice that can get booming when he wants to crank up the volume a bit, uh, that's going to play really well in a few scenes that are coming up in the near future. Uh, but I also noticed in the book the whole alternate universe of Mark seeing this the version of him where he joined up with his dad instead of fighting against him and 
learning that actually in most universes, that's what he does. And the book doesn't play with that very much. It's more it more wants to play around with the visual of, hey, here's Mark fighting a bunch of different variants of himself. Uh, you mentioned how Kirkman really wants to kind of retool what he was doing in the book for the show. And I think he's going to kind of let that whole idea breathe a lot better than it did in the in the books. So I'm I'm pretty optimistic as to how they're going to handle all this. All right. The, the, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Logan. You've been waiting. So, well, the chime in real quick. The question I had, I, I guess this would mainly be for Kofi. And I don't know if you've read the comics either, Matt. Um, how do you guys feel about them introducing multiverse stuff here? Because you kind of mentioned it, Kofi. This is obviously the very in vogue thing here uh, in the pa- within the past couple of years to have a multiverse going on. And I knew that the second they were going to introduce Angstrom in this season, that that would start to, you know, introduce the multiverse stuff. But this, this, it's, it's weird because multiverse content has become so prevalent within superhero media the past few years. But this is a storyline that is, you know, 15, 20 years right. old. So this is stuff they were doing a long time ago, but it's just kind of funny that this is all now coming about at this point where it just seems like an ongoing trend. And I feel like a lot of people might kind of roll their eyes at it. The, oh, gr- another multiverse story. Here we go again. Like, I'm curious from your perspective, though, uh, maybe you guys who haven't read the comics, like, is that kind of wearing thin for you at this point? Like, are you seeing this as a redundant storytelling device? Um, I think multiverses have existed in comics like yeah, always or since very early on, at least since the Silver Age, pretty much. Um, So it's not it's like people coming back from the dead. It's like it's not that you're using this trope of this genre. It's how you use it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like it sucks in Marvel because nothing's connected. Nothing across a multiverse story is supposed to have like this domino effect of ramifications, which makes and time travel when time travel is also involved. It's like, it's such a kind of one of those boards, like Charlie from it's always sunny. Like you're trying to loop everything and string (laughs) it together and keep Carol in the middle. And like, yeah, it it gets kind of crazy, but you go back and you read like an Avengers forever miniseries. And that's so dope. Like where it just knows how to use the multiverse and shows you all these different points in history and says, Oh, but here's what you didn't know. And like these other things. And that stuff's cool. Mm. Um, Let's be specific too. We're talking, when you say Marvel, we mean the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's plenty of multiversal comics going on right now in Marvel that are dealing with that. And they're perfectly fine. They've been doing that for so long. DC literally had an entire imprint called, right? Else, they just brought it back. It's so old, (laughs) they brought it back. So, like, Elseworlds has been around for how long? Like, multiversal concept, 52 Earths, like, all that stuff has been such a staple in comics. But it's the fact that now you have all this new audience that hasn't been exposed to that for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And they, and what the problem is that they got it all at once. They got MCU's, we're doing the multiverse. They got DC's movies. Hey, we're doing, we're doing like alternate universe future stuff. And they got in both cases to me, sucky versions of that. And they had to deal with that. And now that's their impression. They didn't get all the good stuff. They got all the crap stuff first. And now they think everything is that. To me, that's the problem, is that this whole audience hasn't had all these amazing stories that crossed over. And it was just part of how things were done in comics. There's always been other dimensions, other worlds. And so now there's a stigma attached to it because this whole other audience sees them because uh, they might roll their eyes. Now, I think what they'll be pleasantly surprised by is that in the comics, I've read the books, um, but 
you know, the, but it's been a minute. So a lot of stuff is actually new for me because I read them when they were out. So I didn't, I've, I'm not a big, like, go back and reread unless, like, there has to be some kind of, like, I don't know, some kind of real reason for me to, to jump back in. Or it has to be that good of a story for me to read, like, an entire series. I'll go and read arcs, but, like, I won't read an entire series again. Um, but, like, for this, that's not the point. You know, it's not just that, oh, we have multiple universes and we're doing this. And we're doing this because we have no other story temples to rest on. We're doing this because it it allows other characters to flourish. Like Angstrom is a great character. It's, it's an interest. It's an interesting character. And the device of having all these universes and stuff like they do more with that than just it's not a crutch. It's a story. And so I think people will be pleasantly surprised. I would feel like I would tell people that who may roll their eyes at another multiverse thing that I don't think this is that. I think what Connor was saying before about being able to lean into different angles of a story they've already told in the books is true. So even if you have read, I think there's a lot of new stuff here. Um, and I like that they didn't extend that. I mean, my biggest harp on, you know, Moon Knight was it took a whole season to get like halfway to where I want to be when the series started. Invincible is not like that. They they like move through the end of this episode is like, boom, I'm so happy we just get to launch the rest of the season from here that we're not taking eight episodes to get here. It's yeah. great. And having not seen the fir- the other three episodes like drop with screeners, but knowing that this got divided into two halves. I have a pretty good idea of what the second half is going to be, and it's not necessarily multiverse related. So, because I can think of at least one thing that is going to be a pretty big ball that they not a ball, they're not drop the ball, but a big bomb they're going to drop probably in the season finale. Um, yeah, uh, I always go by like what's implied. I've not read the comics, like I said, but you know, when you look back at the first season and the title sequence and the over the course of the season, the increasing blood splatter. It makes sense when you get to the finale and you're like, oh, they were telling you this entire time like this was going to get to here. I think it's interesting. First of all, I loved the fake out in this episode oh, where they, they fake you like out three, three times. times. <laughs> yes, they fake it out three times where they're like, he's not. And then they pause and they're like, invincible. invincible. And then you get to the very last post credit scene where Levy's like a mutated leader freak. And then he finally says it. But if you notice it's now it's not blood splatter it all turns black and what happens is the title shows this first crack in it and to me when you have a multiversal character that says that there's going to be some kind of start to breaking down into the multiverse or some kind of breakthrough in the multiverse and i read it i wrote about it in kind of a breakdown of this opening scene and like what it implies and i you know i don't know the comics so i'm just spitballing here but i could see eventually this same version of mark and omni man you know they didn't care when levy just dis- disappeared they were like who cares where that guy went but what if they do eventually do care or get end up in this other universe where you know viltrum hasn't viltrum hasn't conquered earth and mark kind of resisted his dad um because i forget what they say there's a line in here about how many times angstrom levy says you know there's a statistical amount of times that they united or something like that. I forget which one it is. Is it that they united more times or is it that he like resisted more times? No, he, it's the, it's the Omni-Man in, Invincible. He said team up in most yeah. other universes. Yeah, okay, so yeah. 
So I could see them eventually finding this one where they that doesn't happen. And, you know, now we got a problem because we are all like, what if Omni-Man comes back? But like, what if another Omni-Man and Mark show up in this universe? Um, that could be pretty much the only thing that would make him have to fight with his father, possibly, which is interesting to me. Uh, yeah, so I'm really kind of interested to see where this goes. And, you know, we talk about first issues a lot, but first episodes are just as important. And I thought this was a pretty masterful one because I wrote the recap for this and it turned it out to be nearly 2000 words because mm -hmm. there's a lot in here. Like every scene matters. Also, we're talking about, you know, rewriting from what the comics did. Uh, you want to talk about characters that benefited from that rewrite. I know she got a lot of crap online for a particular plot point in season one, but just the two season scenes you get with Amber. She's not a yes. character until after they start dating in the comics. And then she's barely a character. She's just the girlfriend. The fact that there's some depth to her in this show at all is a massive step up. Do I like what they did with her last season with the whole, hey, I'm mad at you and I knew the whole time, but did I really based on how I acted at the college? No, it's still it's still working. She's still doing so much better in this than the plank of wood that is the comic character. <laughs> no, Zazie Beetz's Amber's is good. And yeah, and you know, there are some cultural things in there too. Like, yeah, black woman's still gonna get mad at you even if she knows you were in your super suit. Haven't you guys ever seen Frozone? Did you learn nothing from Frozone? <laughs> yeah. You know, you yeah, saw Sandra how hard he had to also, work to get his Debbie super Grayson suit. Is fantastic. What's that? Sandra Oh as Debbie Grayson is fantastic too. Like she, there's some powerful scenes in this episode. Yeah, there's some powerful uh, scenes across the season with um, Debbie's arc and and being much more and and just one of the most interesting things about this is the damage between mother and son that is done. Like the fact that they're not just like oh hugging each other and like damn that bastard. Like the fact that they're kind of weirdly estranged from each other is. It's interesting. And like I said, the whole voice cast gets to cook. I feel a lot more this season. They're much more comfortable. Even, you know, one of my Walton Goggins, who's always an MVP and everything, but even oh. here, just with his voice as Cecil is such a yes. strong actor in that scene with him and Mark in the diner and everything. And, you know, oh, they're showing it right now. And, you know, just great scene work. This, this animated series has weirdly has scene work like an HBO series. Like it's really good the, like the quiet scenes of just yeah. him flying around you, don't, you yeah. don't get that in a lot of superhero any property a karma police montage like yeah like a depressed superhero karma police montage yeah <laughs> that was my home. favorite scene in this episode for sure like yeah i had to watch Radiohead, it a couple times radiohead's my favorite band so i'm very biased in that <laughs> regard but like when that started up i was like oh my they're they're spending a lot more money on the production this season. They're oh yeah, that's not shelling cheap. out Radiohead money. So yeah, yeah, that, Radiohead does not give that up cheap. Uh, <laughs> obviously, they're probably fans of Invincible too. So they're like, oh, okay, yeah, they are very selective where their product gets uh, placed. But um, yeah, man, the whole first of all, love the Mauler twins who kind of kind of sad we lost one because those two really did. Uh, you gotta love this show putting production effort into just going back to a scene of them talking to Pete and picking up that thread from last season. Like, so unnecessary, but like so great, right? Like their whole relationship with their jailer is like a part of this show, um, which makes it feel like a whole universe and kind of why I love it on like a deep level. But um, yeah. 
Although I got to say, no run, no run the drools needle drop this time. No, best. not not yet, man. Yo, we all not still, yet. Yeah, we're all still be patient. Yeah, we're all <laughs> still bopping from like half the songs in season one. Don't like. get captured. Yeah, don't get captured. I like myself some of the time. There's there's so many crazy hits from that first season. So, yeah, but uh. What do you guys, what, I mean, kind of think we get down to it. Did we do the thing? Have we done the thing? Is there anything else we want to talk about? I think we've done the thing. Um, if you think Langstrom is just an unfortunate super genius who got uh, not, transformed into a freakish looking brain monster, uh, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. It no, get, yeah. it gets worse. No, I, I mean, mean, just, I, Angstrom is my favorite villain in all of invincible in the comics i i I don't want to say too much about like what ends up happening in the future with his character but he is by far my favorite like he is the arch nemesis to invincible himself i feel like and the way that they set things up in this first in this first episode with him i'm just so excited to see what they end up doing because you kind of mentioned it connor that they're gonna they're gonna start exploring some other things in the later half of this season and there's always kind of a there, there's a weird balance with invincible where like the viltrumites are always kind of like the main bad guys and you know that they're the real threat out there within the larger universe but then there's these other villains that pop up uh, over the course of the series that kind of have direct battles with mark and angstrom is one of those and the things they do with him are are so good in the comics and i can't wait to see what they do and they've already dropped a lot of like little teases and hints um, with some of the alternate universe stuff. Angstrom is, Angstrom is, yes. I, I, I don't want to say too much because I, I think that's just a lot of it's better left unsaid. But like you're saying, Connor, there is, there's so much ahead with his character. And I feel like it's going to, it's, it, it'll go beyond this season for sure. Like, is this going to have me like screwing up my face at that Marvel Kang the Conqueror madness that's going on right now? When you say Maybe. like in a bad way, like, ugh. No. like comparatively to like what they'll do with the multiversal villain. No, on, honestly, the, the multiverse of it all isn't the point. And I'll leave it at it, that. It's okay. more he uses the multiverse as kind of a tool to kind of always be out there. You don't know when he's going to show up. You don't know. Like, it's just kind of there's just this lingering dread with his character that, you know, he's out there and he exists within the multiverse. And that it, yeah, I don't want to say too, too much else either. Um, All right. It, it's great, though, in the comics. All right, Matt, you have anything you want to add to this before the end? No, I think uh, I, I mean, agree wholeheartedly. I'm excited uh, for people to learn more about this character and i'm excited that they're taking some chances and and doing some new stuff with it so i'm i'm stoked this is i i really just doubt unless this you know unless after that you know four episodes thing takes a nosedive this will probably be one of my like the best shows of the year so all right i agree uh, i think this is a welcome return and like it hasn't lost a step and you know Amazon's doing a good job building these content blocks between this and like an entire boys universe they got going. Like they did the Adam Eve special, which was so great this year. Um, Yeah, man, I I can't wait to see where Invincible goes. I'm glad that I never read the comics. I'm glad that I don't know like what is going to happen with all this because this is one good premiere episode and it sets up, like you said, I can see a lot of the finer kind of plot details 
that are in this. And there are things in this episode we don't even address yet that even like the recap did. Like Donald, the whole Donald of it all. Like Donald's just walking around and stuff like that. So all the stuff with the Guardians of the Globes, leadership yeah. change, everything happening with robots. Yeah. That keeps going. Jay Farrow, we didn't even get to the Jay Farrow of it all, making his brief debut as Bulletproof in this. I was going to say, do they? I couldn't remember if this is the episode where they introduced Bulletproof. It's a very slight subtle thing and they just yeah kind of throw it in there briefly but he ends up being much more important yeah, later on and there's only two scenes with the guardians it's when they're fighting the baby giant and then later on after that where cecil's like you guys are not good enough the, the line of i want to be president and an astronaut it's like okay i see yeah, and they're like i assess he's like eight years old and they're like well that explains the astronaut thing um yeah so yeah, the Immortals, the new team leader, and they add Bulletproof, who, you know, his name pretty much tells you what he can do. So there you go. But, um, yeah, it's interesting to see that. Was that Jason Manzoukas in the very first scene as Rex? Oh, when, yeah, it's still him as Rex. The voice sounds a little different. Yeah, I don't know what the that very was first scene versus the Baby Giant, I was like, later on, I was like, okay, that's him. But that very first scene, the first line, I was like, did you guys have him in for that? Because... Or did you just give Ross Marquand another 10 bucks to just spit out another line? By the way, Rex. get ready for some character development with him. You won't see it coming, but it, it's there. Oh, who, it's Rex? Yes. Oh, God. Somehow. I'm, always, I'm always scared to figure out what that could be. But um, no, man, it's good to be back in the Invincible universe. I think we're really happy. I hope there's some episodes that really blow our mind and make because when we come back for these recaps and we're just like, holy frijoles, what is going on? But um, thank you guys for coming out and joining me today. Thank you, Logan, for doing the review and kind of getting into all this. And thank you, Matt, for just getting the screeners and watching them and enjoying yourself. <laughs> Do more around here, you. <laughs> all right. I'm just kidding. Matt does a ton around here. Uh, this has been Comic Book Nation, our bonus episode recap for Invincible Season 2. Episode one, as I said at the start, if you are just coming here because you're an Invincible fan, make sure you subscribe to Comic Book Nation on our YouTube page and podcast platforms because we're the show that's doing it all for geek culture out here. We cover all things Marvel, DC, anime, TV, movies, gaming, Star Wars, Star Trek, sci-fi, horror, Power Rangers, everything in between, wrestling, I can't forget wrestling. We do it all. So make sure you get in and uh, check out some more of these shows. Otherwise, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Connor Casey CBS. Matt's muted. He doesn't want to be muted. Found. Ah, Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me just on comicbook.com gaming. Yeah, Logan keeps it mysterious. All right, guys. Thank <laughs> you. We did the thing today. We'll see you next week for Invincible Season 2, Episode 2. Otherwise, guys, have a great weekend. Watch something. There's so much to watch this weekend. Gen V, Invincible, Loki. Read some awesome comics. Ultimate Universe. The end of Batman's Gotham War. And enjoy yourselves. We are Comic Book Nation. Peace. Later. Peace.